Hello and welcome to episode 1262 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, February 26th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. How you doing? Happy TGFBI Day. Happy TGFBI Day. It's a big one coming up just on the heels of an excellent Potapalooza. Great work. I know you were playing injured, uh, but you still took care of it, man. Very well done. How you feeling? Feeling pretty good, man. Um, I mean, I'm still a little sick, but I'm 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 getting better. And yesterday, or the last two days were just an absolute blast. Uh, a lot of hard work. Um, also, luckily enough for us, I have uh, projected 69 starting pitchers, so nice. some of which, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. Yes, uh, but going, uh, yeah, I'm getting we're going I'm getting a little shorter fast. today. But uh, we got two big tiers that we're going to talk about that are really fun. Uh, with some really, really intriguing pitchers that got actually a lot of chatter uh, during Potapalooza that, you know, maybe mm -hmm. some changing thoughts on them, depending on how you took the opinions of the folks that were talking about it. Uh, but we also had big news, uh, you know, the hottest baseball insider, Lisa, dropping some bombs over the weekend. Uh, if you're on Twitter, which if you're not, uh, you're smart, by the way. But if you are, you know that a, a lady, um, I believe she lives in Chicago, but has a friend in Arizona named Lisa, randomly said you know i'm hearing that cody bellinger is going back with the cubs it was late saturday night we wake up sunday morning and boom lisa was right so uh out with passing out with rosenthal those losers can't do in with shit. wet butt 23 and lisa exactly and carlos Baerga still coming in mm -hmm. hot too he, he had a lot of stuff last year he had a few ones this year but anyway so lisa was indeed right cody bellinger back to the cubs i will say this was something that you know a lot of people were kind of leaning toward uh, us included thinking like how did they not how do they not? How can they seriously purport themselves as a contending team and and go with Mike Talkman out there? Or even yeah. Pete Crow Armstrong, who I do like. He's a brilliant defender, but he does not have the bat for a first division team. Meanwhile, Talkman, uh, you know, can get on base and he can do some things. I actually don't mind him as a fourth outfielder bouncing around. He can get on base uh, and, and is a good base runner, but doesn't quite have the fielding to be an everyday center fielder. So that's where bellinger comes in really interesting deal three years there's an opt-out after each uh, of those first two and of course the third one ends it so you know no huge commitment for the cubs even if he does fall back to earth and he still gets plenty of money um so really cool deal i'm glad he's going back to the cubs what does he do for an encore after last year's re-breakout right it'd be hard to call it a breakout because you know this is a former mvp we're talking about but after three down years in 2021 and 22 uh well downish in 20 he, he was okay plus it was 56 games but then terrible in 21 and 22 comes all the way back last year 134 wrc plus 26 homers 20 steals where does he go from here cody bellinger what do you think i mean i think he has to come back down a little bit but i don't think he's like falling apart again i mean i think at this point we can chalk up to the struggles to injury and mechanical issues uh always mechanical issues probably were combined. The yeah exactly yeah. so uh yeah i mean it you know like he made a lot of really intriguing gains to make me think that yeah is he gonna hit 300 again no i don't think so but 270 i Maybe, think though 280 and Depending with some much... luck yeah I mean, yeah could, Depending how much of those strikeout gains hold, I mean, Bellinger went from twenty-seven to sixteen percent, mm -hmm. like, and, and and a corresponding three-point drop drop in swinging strike rate. So it wasn't just some total fluke here. If there's some viability to that, and he's still staying under twenty percent strikeout, 
I don't even think he needs a crazy BABIP at that point. You know, 319 last year is a nice mark and, and a career high. Even if he's more in, say, the low 300s, it might not yield a 300 average, but still 280 plus could be there. The projections, rightfully, I understand they're they're, they're protecting themselves going 260 on him because we can't just say last year and say that he's going to hold all those K gains. They've actually got uh, the strikeout rate right around that 20% mark, which would also be good. We know he delivers power. He was even, you know, he, he showed power in um in 2022 pretty well 179 iso actually was his worst uh or actually his second worst behind 2021 2021 was just the washout dog shit worst year ever and then in 2022 like he showed glimpses it was 1914 with the homers and steals you could kind of see like maybe this is getting back he had a 255 babbit maybe if he gets some babbit block and then like i said last year everything changes it goes crazy are you putting him down for 2020 again with bellinger i think i am Okay, I think so 20, it, I think it is definitely closer to 20 home runs than last year's I think 26. Okay. Um, but I think yeah, 2020 uh 275 batting average uh you know a bunch of runs and RBIs is my projection. Yeah, I think that totally feels fair. And does he man center, you know, pretty much every day because the the downside of that if he doesn't it would be first and then that would cut into Michael Bush's time. Yeah. You think he's the um, center fielder just pretty I, much every day? I think he is unless Pete Crow Armstrong like forces his way up and they go, we really want Pete Crow Armstrong. And then, but I mean, this is like, they also signed Trey Mancini, I think to a non-roster invite oh. uh, deal. I think it was. They brought him back. So uh, like Michael Bush's playing time, I think is in jeopardy is on his own. So what? I I want to say it was Trey Mancini. Let me, let me I'm going to double that check. Real first quick. base situation, man. They just love at least uh, Hosmer retired. They can't bring him back. He he's officially gone. Yeah. So, um. Oh no, no sorry. It was, it was Dom Smith. Same diff. I mean, lefty yeah. version. Um, so same same vibe there. But okay. So oh, and Garrett Cooper. Cooper was the one I think I heard. Yeah, yeah. Cooper was Scott the one. and Jeff yeah. talking about. Um. So they brought in two different first basemen, potentially to just send Michael Bush uh, back down to the minors. So, and you know they're committing to Morrell. Like they, they, there's been positive talk about him saying they want to get him in, and with that bat, he's got the DH spot right now. He's getting some reps over at third as well because Nick Madrigal doesn't really have a bat. So, you know, there could be some maneuvering there, too. If Morell kind of falls on his face, you know, that could be an avenue for Bush. Things will play itself out. Here's the thing. If you like Michael Bush, his price is already low enough that you can keep taking him. There's risk anyway. It could get lower. So Yeah, exactly. And so if it goes down further, I'm not really off of him. Uh, This doesn't really take me off of him. Neither does Garrett Cooper. If he can hit like I believe he can for Michael Bush, then his pick will be worth it. I, I don't need him to be a an everyday player to kind of hit on the ADP that he's at, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I know it's not expensive. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, pick 395. Like, I'm fine. So if you like him, you can stay liking him. Now, Bellinger, before we get into the pitchers, pick 60 um, for, for the month, which is, hang on. Have there been 100? And, oh, wait, hang on. I messed up. Hang on, sorry. Let me, I, I had the wrong date there. There's been 35 drafts this month, and he has picked 63. Uh, so pretty similar there. Does Bellinger move up significantly off that ADP uh, from 63? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think this is where a lot of people 
thought he would end up. I don't yeah. think anybody thought he was going to end up uh, not signing or signing in a really bad location. So it may move up just a little bit uh, as people probably, it, I know he had been dropping in my most recent ADP update. He had dropped about 10 spots. So maybe it moves up 10 spots back to where it was, but I don't think he like vaults up any farther than that. That would put him ahead of Nolan Jones. Who's at 57. Um, fine with. But then there's nobody else uh, yep. in that general area. And then at first base, uh, he's not going to reach flat. He is. There's a cutoff. There's a big drop off after the top five: Freeman, Olson, Harper, Alonzo, Vlad, and then uh, Vlad's at 31. Then you jump down to that 63 to Bellinger, and so he might move up within that, but he's not going to catch Vlad. So he'll be the sixth first baseman at the highest. All right, let's talk some pitching here as we continue to move on. Like I said, today's going to be co closer to uh, you know about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and then we'll do a bigger one on Thursday where we get several tiers done. But I think we'll get these two done. We've got an, uh, the next wave here uh, of eight really interesting guys and then kind of an uncategorized here. I didn't really know where to put them, but all four of them have some intrigue. So they're kind of an uncategorized, intriguing group with different question marks. But let's start with this next wave here. Bailey over 143. Hunter Green, same 143 ADP. Hunter Brown, 172. Braxton Garrett, 183. Ryan Pepio, 196. Brandon Fought, 207. Brian Bayo, 231. And Taj Bradley, 250. So we run over 100 picks here. So these are different types of guys. They're not all the exact same but they could all be standout studs like they all have their believers that say this is my guy i gotta get him you can get multiples here there's a lot to like i want to start with ober first off because he's at the top but also because your projection you finish your projection on him and it came out pretty sparkling uh how you feeling about bailey ober uh i was shocked when i did his projection i'm, I'm not gonna lie like i you know, I've never really been much of an Ober guy. I didn't really understand why everybody believed in him so much. But then I sat down and did his projection, and I was like, holy crap, I think Bailey Ober is a top 20 starter this year. Um, now, I'm still finishing projections, and I'm not doing it like in order of ADP. So it's just kind of in order of what my sheet is listed in. So obviously, he could drop out of the top 20. But after ranking, you're after doing 70 starting pitchers or 69 starting pitchers so far. Nice. Um, I have, I have Bailey Ober as a top 20 starter. I've got him, And I like, I don't feel like I stepped out of line anywhere in terms of what I did. Like I gave him pretty much a strikeout an inning, 166 innings, 11 wins, uh, 369 ERA and a 107 whip. Like I don't think anything there is like crazy. What um, was the ERA? Uh, 369. Yeah, I mean, that's higher than it's been the last two years. So you're even yeah. pushing it up a little bit. You know, he's got the home run issue. For me, it's been, you know, the classic why take Joe Ryan when you can get Bailey Ober. And they're on the I, same team. They've got the same key issue, which is the home runs. I've been a big Joe Ryan guy in the past. Everyone knows that. But at the price point now where he's sitting there at pick 85 with a range of 68 to 104, I'm not even sure I like Joe Ryan at his low end range because – Bailey Ober's upper register is still 20 picks lower than that at 121. Yeah. So everything for me just says, go for Bailey Ober if you like Joe Ryan. How are they different? I I completely agree. And I mean, while they both can have homer issues, Ryan's is extreme. Like it is, mm -hmm. it is really, really extreme. And I know they both don't walk guys, but 
Like, and that helps. Joe, Joe Ryan could give up 50 home runs this year. There might all be solo shots, but that's still a lot of home runs. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I it's like it's our boy crazy. Lance Lynn, right? And that's what yeah. always hurt our guy Lance Lynn, who we've been a fan of. So, you know, this profile isn't a, a profile that I'm afraid of generally, but I don't want to pay top 100 for it when I can get over where he's going. And hell, if I want to jump back in on Lynn, he's a dirt cheap price these days going back to uh, St. Louis. And I got to be honest, I'm not sure I'm quitting him. Pick 300. I think mm -hmm. I will take some Lance Lynn shares. I'm a moron i yeah, don't care <laughs> but uh bailey over big fan really like where he's at think he's a nice price point to pick 143 on average like i said the upper registers in the 120s what if he moves like right there on the cusp of that top 100 sounds like you're still interested based on where yeah. you have him ranked yeah i mean for me like like i said like i think he's a top 20 top 25 starter uh and that that puts him in play for me even if he moves into the top 100 i don't think he will I still think he gets overshadowed by other guys on that team. So, uh, especially with Louis Farland getting so much pub right now, I know. Uh, I think people just forget about Bailey Ober, and that's okay with me. I'm gonna Agreed. Me, me too. I got him 29 in my rankings right now. Happy to have him there. We'll continue to to draft Bailey Ober. Already have a couple times this season, uh, and and that won't stop. I have oh, actually I have over 21 right now. So just okay. inside my top 25. Very nice. The Hunters, Green and Brown, they both, you know, very high upside youngsters. Let's start with Green. You know, he's got the bigger track record, probably the bigger upside shot there too, but maybe a bigger downside, um, you know, especially because he's 30 picks more expensive. So they are two rounds apart here. We talked about this, I think, on my panel yesterday with Potapalooza, and it's like Hunter Green does things that not many pitchers can do. Uh, such as averaging damn near 100 on his on his velo, 98.6 last year, let's call it 99, 31% K rate throughout his 238 major league innings, and a sub 10% walk rate. So for all the talk about his, you know, wildness, it really is the difference between command and control for him. Mm -hmm. And listen, I know a 9, 10% walk rate isn't great, but you would you would think maybe that he's like 12, 13% the way it gets talked about. It's actually more his command and the home runs that come with it, which the park plays a role too. And that's been the big issue for me. One six homer nine for Hunter Green. And so you look at this big discrepancy between his ERA at 462 for his career and Sierra 352. So over a run difference. And you know, choose whatever ERA indicator you like. They all are favorable to him, but it's because he, he gives up far too many homers. And he's a huge fly ball guy. Uh, you know, ball come in fast, ball go out fast, right? Now, there, that's not as easy as that. Like, that's kind of an announcer thing. Like, oh, he, he supplied the power there. Doesn't really quite work like that, at least according to yeah. uh, people that are, are smarter about physics than myself. Um, you know, because why would you be able to blast batting practice balls 9,000 feet then? But it is scaring me with hunter green that i love the talent i want him to do well but when push comes to shove shove in a draft i'm never able to pull the trigger justin where do you come out on hunter green with this same 143 adp as bailey ober i mean i feel the same as you like i see the talent um and i made the comment during your uh during your panel yesterday like I'd rather have hunter green in dfs than anything else because yes if he ruins my night fine whatever if it ruins my season, like that is a much uh, tougher pill to swallow. So yep. I'm probably not going to draft Hunter Green. The projection I have on him isn't that bad, uh, but I think one of the things that 
we tend to forget about Hunter Green because we're all like, you know, I think the industry as a whole is very ERA focused, uh, is that he's kind of not a good whip guy either. He had a 142 whip, uh, and I can't really get his whip below 130. And I don't really want a guy with a whip that's below or that's uh, above 130. So, no, especially if the ERA isn't good, you know, usually you get a whole load of strikeouts. Like my projection, but has at this price point, do you want to pay for just strikeouts? Because we don't even know what the wins are going to be like. I'm still not like fully sold on the Reds as as you know a contending team. I love their offense, but can we trust the bullpen? They got a little bit deeper at least. They got some pieces, but I don't know. I'm just scared of Cincy pitchers. I only project him for 135 innings because he's struggled That's to stay healthy issue. as well, yep. right? That that came out for me to 179 strikeouts. That's amazing. That's insane. Like on a per inning basis, he's one of the best strikeout pitchers in the game. But like, what one? How many innings are you really going to get? And two, how good are those innings going to be outside of the strikeouts? So. Uh, I'm probably not going to draft Hunter Green. Uh, I don't know exactly where he is on my ranks as of right now, but my guess is not in the top 60. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the upshot is that things start to click. Green fixes his command a bit, and he's a god, right? Like, that's kind of what you're hoping for here. I've got him at 42, and I don't know if – he's one of these guys. I got a handful of guys that I'm going to really assess here in my next rankings update of, like – you never draft them when it comes up. You might need to push them down. I got some guys at the top end like that. We actually talked about them on one of my panels this weekend, uh, Kevin Gosman and, and Zach Gallen. I don't pull the trigger on them up there, so why should I have them in my top 10 or 12? Uh-oh. TGFBI drafts have started. Nice. I thought that's when I heard that little <laughs> Southwest Airlines ding there. Oh, yep. I'll, I'll not mute it. but <laughs> You heard mine. What pick do you have? I have picked nine. I wanted I wanted either pick one or pick 69. <laughs> yeah, pick nine does get you 69, <laughs> which I'm uh, very familiar with. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited here. I got pick three. My pick might come up while we're on, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know if that does happen. But back to green. you know. So I got him at 42, but again, keeps coming up in drafts, and I keep not taking him. Should I, should I have him there? And I'm thinking probably not. It's like I, I do get the intrigue, of course, right? Watch him watch him pitch one of his good starts and you're going to, you know, have to change your pants because it's, it's awesome when it's awesome. But it's really bad when it's bad. And so it just makes me really nervous. And I don't know that Hunter Green is somebody I'm really going to land on this year. I'm willing to lose on him. Like if someone gets him and they get the ace uh, season, cool. If you're in a 10 or a 12 team league, like I totally get taking the gamble um, because the upside is so high. And if he's just bad again, you just drop him. Right. True. But any, I mean, even a 12 team league is hard. Like that's, yeah. I, I think I it really has to be really team. shallow for me. Yeah. To go like an eight or a 10 team league. Maybe I would take the gamble at the back end of my bench, but because like until we see it, how confident are you using him at home, right? So don't, don't that probably won't. That I don't know that you can be confident develop. using him anywhere. I mean, 
but especially at home, like I know I don't even know that that confidence would develop until May or June, even within a good year. You'd, you'd still be skeptical there. It kind of reminds me of like when Herman Marquez was good, or even a better comp might be Ubaldo Jimenez. But like, remember, I, I bring up Marquez because he's more recent. And remember when remember when he figured out Coors for that half season? Yeah, uh, good call on that one. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Except anyone with an eye, a single eye. You don't even need both. But like. That's kind of where I'm at with Green. And listen, Marquez's talent is not as rich as Green's. He's not throwing a hundo. I understand that. But it's that same sort of vibe. It's like, when am I really putting Green in my lineup with confidence? So we're belaboring the point at this at this juncture. Let's go ahead and move on to the other Hunter, Hunter Brown. Again, comes in about 30 picks cheaper. So it's a two-round difference here. Super upside. I was super high in on, on him last year. It did not quite pan out with the Astros in his debut season, which, you know, I, I knew that was in the cards but I wanted to take the gamble in case it did 156 innings with a 27% strikeout rate and 8% walk rate. Honestly, if you, you stop there, I say, great. That's what I wanted. I, I'm fine with those things. But then you move over and just like Hunter Green, he struggled with home runs. Brown gave up a 1-5 homer nine and a 9-1 uh, hits per nine. So both of those issues really elevated the whip at 136 and the ERA 509. But you look at the area indicators, they're a lot more enticing. Uh, Sierra's at 374, and so XFIP 352, that, of course, is smoothing out the home run rate. So if you believe in that, then all of a sudden you can see something more here. He had a 21% homer to fly ball rate, which is pretty egregious, especially not in a homer park. I'm I'm on the rebuy for Hunter Buy, uh, Hunter Buy, Hunter Brown. I'm I'm ready to buy back in. Like I said, loved him last year. It didn't go so well, but I'm not. I, I didn't see anything that makes me out of his uh, off on his skill set. Where do you stand with Brown? The hard part is he the homer problems got worse and worse as the months went on. Sure. Like, and like, I would have really loved to see him, even if it was just a small sample in like September or something like that, improve upon it. He didn't need to fix it or anything, but just improve, like show me you are learning something about how to pitch, uh, especially in the zone. Um, and I, he just never how, did. How much of that was the homer to fly ball rate getting sillier? Like in September, it was 31%. Yeah. But, right. And again, I want to say, just like we say with Babbitt, it's not like a luck meter Don't just say, oh, high home run rate, a high homer to fly ball rate. They didn't have any hand in that, right? Because, yeah. hey, if you're laying meatballs in there, exactly. they're going to start hitting them out at a 30% clip. So he plays a role in that. I'm not dismissing him, but it's a 49% ground ball rate in that month specifically. And in the month when um, he had a 36% homer to fly ball rate in June for Hunter Brown, he had a 65% ground ball rate. So it's like he keeps it down, but the mistakes are so bad bad that the very few fast fly balls that he does allow end up going out. So I think it's fixable. I hear what you're saying that it would have been cool to see some fixes in season to kind of have something to build upon, but that doesn't deter me. And I do think I'm willing to take him inside the top 45. He's going to be somebody that moves up when I move the these other guys down. starting pitchers. Yeah. He's 49th right now. I, I think I'm in that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right there. I got 51 right now. I think he's going to get like a five, six point jump. So it's going to be right. right there in that 45 to 50 range. Now I got to figure out where I have Hunter Brown. Uh, I don't think I'm that far off either. Okay. There's a lot of skill here to work with. There it is. is a home run issue. And I mean, I do have him for a 415 ERA and a 121 whip. I wonder if, a little, if I'm a little low on the whip. 
You can work with that, though. And home runs were not a big issue in the minors either. That's why I really look at this. He's a heavy ground ball guy, and it is a good lesson that just because you're a ground ball guy doesn't mean you don't give up a home run. Same with sinkers, right? Because like mm -hmm. usually when you lay a meatball sinker, that, that shit can hit for a homer because it's like fat in the middle of the zone hanging there, basically. And I don't know how many sinkers he th throws. I'm saying this independent of Brown. But like I love that he keeps the ball down. He gets strikeouts. He's on a great team. We trust their development quite a bit with guys. I just think there's a lot to like. And now that the price is, you know, perfectly fair, I wouldn't say it's bottomed out. This is another guy that I was hoping for a bigger discount on Hunter Brown, but he's SP 49 pick 172. I think that's totally fair, but I was hoping for something post 200 and now nah, the market too sharp for that. So my program that I use doesn't differentiate between relievers and starters. And so mm -hmm. I have to like hide it, but then I have to actually like hand count it down. Um, until I'm actually done my projections and I can put, move it into something else for my actual ranks. I have them like 36. So there, you're you're on the so, Hunter Brown train there. Yeah, I guess and I am. I co-sign. Um, again, like I said, guy I loved last year, I'm doubling down. I'm not moving off of him. Did not see enough to make me want to move off. Hunter Brown, in. Uh, Braxton Garrett, pick 183, goes a little bit later, had a really nice standout season for the Marlins. Definitely not one of the most heralded guys that they've had, you know, in recent years, but they've been a little bit of a factory where when they get a guy coming up, you're going to take some notice. They don't always work out. You know, Trevor Rogers was kind of a one and done type of guy. Edward Cabrera's never really got it together. Sixto and Edward uh, Cabrera both dealt with injury big time. But Yuri Perez came up. He was awesome. Lazardo, they traded for him, but they put the finishing touches on him. That park helps for sure, but they're good at developing talent. And Braxton Garrett last year was kind of the guy like, wow, this kind of soft tossing lefty comes up. You know, he throws 91, 92. And he put some things together very nicely after kind of, you know, he didn't really do too much. His first three samples in the majors, you know, it was a nothing sample in 2020, eight innings, who cares? And I would even say the same of 2021, 34 innings. And neither of those were good. I'm not dismissing them because they were bad. I'm dismissing them because they were too small to matter. Uh, but then 88 innings in 2022, that's when we started to see the glimpses from Garrett. At 24% K rate, 6% walk, that's an 18% strikeout minus walk. Good ERA, good whip, goes 160 innings last year, so almost doubles the sample and does pretty much the same. Boosts the strikeout to walk uh, up to 19%. ERA, almost the same, and the whip came down 10 points from 125 to 115. We saw a lot to like out of Braxton Garrett. I feel like he's a little bit overlooked. He's got his believers, but at pick... Uh, 183 and SP52, that's not bad. You a big Braxton Garrett guy? I'm a huge Braxton Garrett guy. I um, see why. There's a lot to like here. Talk yeah. to us about him. Yeah, I just I love what he does on the mound. Um, I know he doesn't like throw gas, but he's lefty, so that you know minimizes a little bit. Uh, it's a great park. I think the Marlins will be halfway decent. I do wonder about like, okay, how many wins can Braxton Garrett get? And so I only put him down for 10, but like he threw volume uh, last year. And the question is to me, like, is that shoulder healthy right now? Because he's dealing with a shoulder issue. He had a bullpen a few days ago. They said it was the best bullpen they've ever seen from him. So okay. I don't know how much of that is hyperbole or, um, you know, actual truth, but it seems to me like he's probably going to be ready to start the season um, or maybe misses a turn or something. If they decide like, Hey, we're just going to put you as the fifth to start and we may not need a fifth early on in the year because the early season schedules were really spread out um, this year. Yes. 
So, uh, but I have him for 155 innings, uh, and I have pretty sparkling ratios because I just think he is such. I'm trying to find. There we go. 155 innings and 153 strikeouts uh, with a 360 ERA and a 120 WHIP. Um, so, like, I think I don't think that's an overly aggressive projection on him. Say the uh, numbers again. I'm sorry. 360 ERA, 120 whip, 153 strikeouts, and 150 innings. That's basically like, last year. You're given the yeah. same ERA. You're boosting up the whip a little bit. You're splitting the difference between 2022 and 23 for Braxton Garrett. That's a hell of a season. Yeah, and it has him as a top 40 starting pitcher for me right now. So, um, you know, when I finish other guys, maybe they move ahead of them because, I, you know, I'm still – like I still haven't done Kikuchi. I still haven't done – uh, Gavin Williams and Shota uh, Imanaga and Bryce Miller and um, Rodon and Sale and guys like that. So there's a chance some of those guys jump over him. But even if, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but even if 10 push him down. Yeah, and I still he, have him way above the ADP. Yeah. You know, I think, or at least at ADP. So yeah. you, either way, you're either going to be right there or still above. Bottom yeah. line is you like Garrett. You're, you got some shares already? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you plan to get more, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I co-signed this. I, I do like Braxton Garrett. I think there is a lot to like. I've also, you know, it's been a couple episodes since I've uh, mentioned OOTP. I did a Marlins franchise a couple years ago, and he became like a standout multi-inning guy. I couldn't quite use him as a starter, but he was like a three to five inning god out of the bullpen for me. This was before he broke out last year. So I've had this like positive feeling toward Braxton Garrett based on nothing from real life. And then to see him do well last year made me happy. Another mm -hmm. guy like that is uh, Marlins reliever Andrew Nardi. He became like the best closer in baseball. And I guys, I realize I'm a gigantic nerd for talking about these random uh, OOTP franchises I have, but it did put me on Andrew Nardi before he broke out last year. And he put up a 267 ERA and a 115 whip with a 31% K rate. I know they've been looking for a closer for quite some time. They might've landed on one with Tanner Scott, but if he flops as he's done, you know, multiple times until last year when he finally cut the walk rate and had a great season, if he reverts back, keep an eye on Nard Dog, which was the nickname I gave him in, uh, in OOTP, which I believe is the same dog uh, at that. Um, uh, yeah. Ed uh, Helms's character. I yeah, can't think of it. Andy. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, couldn't remember Ed Helms, but I could remember Andy. Yeah. So, um, and that's where I got it from. Basically, I was calling yeah. him Nard Dog. But anyway, Braxton Garrett, we're fans. Now, the next guy staying in Florida, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Pepio. I honestly can't shut up about him. Uh, 196 ADP and SP, let's see what that is, SP 56 off the board. Look, we're not expecting, we're not doing any extrapolation with him. His season last year was obscene, and we're not pretending that he's going to live in a 214 ERA or anything close to it or an 076 whip. Doesn't have to. In fact, doesn't even need to hold all of the insane control gains that he had with it going down from a 17% mark in 2022, his walk rate, to 3% last year. Again, he can give back five, six points on that, and I'll be fine. Well, Six points, I guess, would put him above average at 9%. But he can give back like three, four points on that, double it up to six, 7%, and I'm still going to be totally fine with that. And I want to give credit to my boy Greg. I did last year. He was early on this with the command changes because I was like, I like Pepio, but he can't throw a strike, man. And uh, he saw it early. I don't know if it was in spring or early in the season, but he was all over it saying, no, there's something real here. 
and ended up being like a nice summer pickup. Problem was he couldn't get consistently in the rotation because they were just kind of, you know, slotting in a bunch of guys the way they do in uh, LA, but also the way they do in Tampa Bay. So I guess my number one question on Pepio is, do they commit to him? Is he a starter who can get them the 125 to 140 innings? Because I know we're not going to say 160 plus with Array. We just we know that they're not going to do that. But where do you well, go with Pepio? Well, and he only threw like 64 innings between Triple A and Majors last also year. True. So yes, I don't know, man. Um, I think that he could end up being kind of in a tandem role uh, as a way of managing his innings. Which is great if he's the follower. He probably wouldn't be, though. But he probably won't be. He'll probably be an opener for somebody else. And that, to me, has kept me off. Because I really love the skills. I agree with you wholeheartedly on the skills. I think he made a massive change in terms of attacking the zone last year. Uh, I believe Yeah, trusting in, his stuff and just saying, yep. here it is, hit it, and they couldn't. Yeah. And even, even when they did hit it and it went over the fence, he wasn't walking guys. So, like, you know, it was, it was very much like a you know, a Bailey Ober yep. uh, kind of profile, which I really like. I think I'm going to like Pepio a lot more for next season than this one because I can't get him over like 125 innings and I don't know where those innings are going to be. And so, like, I don't know how I can project him for more than like, like I said, 125 innings, but like six or seven wins. And like that yeah. hurts. Um I think the ratios would be great. He was awesome for me down the stretch in a number of leagues last year. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm always going to be grateful for that. But I think he's more of a 2025 guy for me than he is 2024. I can understand that for sure. I'm still taking the shot. I've got Pepio shares. I will get more. The projections kind of see it similarly to you, where a bunch of them have him for, like, 31 games but 23 starts so they understand yeah. you know there could be some standard raise uh bouncing around type deal and i get that i think if you if you keep it at like a 130 innings and understand that you're almost certainly not going to exceed that and that some of them may come on a front end of like a four innings and then he, he comes out um, especially if, if some of the control does come back because he was able to make it pepio had he only had first off um what was it actually only three starts he had a, a couple of you know big time follows where he went seven and six in two of his starts and then six six five in in follows that came in where he came in in the second the first so somebody got blown out early i guess or got hurt and then in the second in the other one so maybe the rays will see that he was great in that secondary role and then we will get our our repeat our return of the ryan yarbrough that we've been chasing ever since that ryan yarbrough season when he had it, a billion wins it would make sense because their rotation oh. currently is all right-handed pitchers um and so, so it would make sense like colin pochet to start the game and then bring it in that case then i'm Tyler really Alexander. yeah i'm really interested in those cases uh i also want to point out kind of on the plus side for pepio the Rays don't have the rotation depth that they did coming into last year. No. Right? Like and They lost a lot of arms. And all then. three aren't coming back really this year. McClanahan, yeah. Rasmussen, and Springs. I would not plan for anything from them. Yeah. So uh, maybe some just late be forced spring. into a decision to just kind of let Pepio go. Uh, True. And in that case, he could be really, really good. Um, but uh, I just, I have a really hard time pulling the trigger, even though the price isn't like, totally out of pocket, but uh, there's just other guys I like 
around the same amount who I feel a little bit more comfortable are going to get the innings that I need. Some guys will come out of nowhere and we're, we're deep diving on these guys because they we need to. So we might only finish this tier for, for this episode. Yeah. I just want to point that out here. We got three more guys and about 15 minutes to do them. So I just want to be clear on that. Um, Brandon fought 207. And you know what? He really closed strong. Obviously, he had a disastrous start. Like, literally, his very first start was so bad. I felt terrible for him. This was a guy I was really excited about. He comes in, gives up seven runs, four bombs against Texas, just gets bombed out completely. And in fact, home runs were the real issue for him for the bulk of the beginning of of his uh, career here. But then he really smoothed out down the stretch and became a nice playoff beast for them. Although, I will say, the two bad starts that he did have in September, five home runs. Three against yeah. the Cubs, two against the the Yankees when he allowed five runs against them, or six runs, five earned. So that is an issue for him. At, it's be kind of kind of becoming a theme, excuse me, within this tier. But there's a lot to like with Brandon Fought. He's post pick two hundred. Everyone's gonna have a a war once you get down here, right? His seems to be command as well. Do we believe he can take a step forward and really chop into that two point one homer nine from last year? I think there's always gonna be some command issues with Fought. Uh, but the stuff is really, really good, and he doesn't really walk, guys. You look at what he did like from August 1st on, 4-14 ERA, over a strikeout an inning. Like, I'm okay taking that because I think there's upside for more. Sure. Uh, so so I have not done over. his – yeah, I haven't done his projection yet, uh, so I'm not like 100% sure where I'm going to lie on him. But I feel like a low 4 ERA and like a 125-ish whip – with a strikeout and inning seems right. And I think he could probably throw, you know, a good 140, 150 innings. So uh, I mean, he, nice. threw, he threw 156 between AAA and the majors. So yeah. Plus 22 playoff innings. Yeah. Maybe 170 is in the cards for him. So I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I'm a little bit concerned about the home runs, but man, he, he was so much better. Uh, like, I don't know that he's that much different than, like, Hunter Brown, honestly. He's 6'4", 2 and a quarter, too. You know, got that workhorse cutout on his body. Uh, they can pack some innings on Brandon Fought if he's doing well and if he can keep the homers in check. I don't think he's putting up a 2.1 again. Uh, might no. be in the 1.5 range, but if he doesn't walk, guys, a lot of times those can be less Dude, impactful if they're solos. From August 1st on, it was 1.38. I, I think that, that is more indicative of who he's probably going to be. I can absolutely live with that. Let's go to Brian Bayo for the Red Sox. He's kind of their, you know, interesting standout guy. Uh, Pavetta had a huge breakout season, but he's a veteran. Uh, Crawford and Hauk now are both 28. You know, they feel youngish. And, and 28 isn't old, but like they're not babies with a ton of potential development. So Bayo is that guy. 25, showed a lot of things last year. Does he take a step forward to build on what we saw from last year? Man, this is hard because... Uh, when I, when I watched Bayo and prior to doing my projection on him, I was pretty excited. Uh, and I was like, okay, I think like, I think this is a guy who can really take a step forward. I feel like I was probably too nice on the projection because of that, but I still had him for a 415 ERA and a 129 whip. Um, Ooh, so a lot of hits in that whip, I imagine, right? Cause this yeah. was pretty good last year. Yeah. As, I mean, I have him at like, Two and a half walks per nine, maybe a little bit above. Like okay, so uh, I I'm I think I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Bayo. Uh, Just too so hittable. I think so. And man, like I don't know how good that team's gonna be. 
the park's not great. Like I just, I'm a, I'm a little, little worried. And he was so up and down all over the season. I went through the game logs. I was like, oh man, it was like, yeah. And he closed poorly. Yeah, and Too the bad closing poorly. Yeah, closing poorly hurts too. So, I again, this is one of the reasons I really like doing the projections because I think if I was just like going based on, okay, I think this guy's, you know, better than this guy, this guy and stuff. I think I probably would have had him in my top 40, top 50 starters. And now I'm like, yeah, I don't know that he's a top 60 guy. I mean, th this will be interesting to see because like, I do think if you love Bayo, you got to kind of go with some projection because it's not there in the numbers, you know, yeah. it was only a 20% K rate, but it was an 11% swing and strike rate. So there's something to build on. Love the walk rate gains from 10 to 7%. And so if he holds that and can, and can tune up the command, I see how he can get under four. I don't think sure. I can necessarily project him though. And because of that strikeout rate, I'm just not going to be taking him this high. ADP is 231, so it is another drop down from yeah. fought. But I don't know. I think I like and the that, next guy more. And that was the thing for me with Bayo was like I, I I was like I felt like when I watched him, I saw strikeout stuff. But when you really dig into the numbers, you're like you go, is there strikeout stuff? I, he may be one of these guys I need to watch. Like like I said, I've said a couple times already this uh, off season. Like I don't really care about spring training. But there are certain guys that I'm going to pencil down like, okay, when he starts or when he's taking at bats, I want to go back and watch those. Mm -hmm. um, I think Bayo may be one of those guys I need to go kind of watch a little bit more. Yeah, because like again, I can see where the jump comes, but you really yeah. got to project it to super get in on him because there wasn't a ton in the numbers last year that really jumps out to me. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bradley will cap it off for us. Pick 250, a guy, you know, I, I talked about it a ton on the show. I spent my big my big budget on him, took my chance, thought this could be my rookie of the year. He was not. You know, everyone else's rookies hit, but mine kind of fell on his face a bit. Uh, ended up with 105 innings of a 559 ERA, 139 whip. I ate a bunch of it too. 2.0 homer per nine is the big culprit here. Another home run guy, but 28% K, 9% walk. There are, there are elements. He's going to be just 23 years old. I do like that he got 104 major league innings, throw in uh, 105 rather, throw in 38 more in the minors. And Br Bradley can end up being one of their guys that they actually give some volume to in Tampa Bay. I'm not going to quit him just because he fell on his face. He is somebody that I could see the jump from. Uh, so he's intriguing to me. He's not a stock up, get him in every team type of guy, but Todd Bradley is somebody I will go back to the well with here uh, at this price point because I think it's fair enough. Where do you come out with Todd Bradley? I don't know yet. I have not done his projections. So okay. um, of the guys we've talked to about today, I have not done his projection. I haven't done Fott's projection and I haven't done uh, Pepe or Bailey. So He's SP71, by the way, off the board. Uh, right in line with my rank at 73. Like I don't think that that is a bad price because the stuff is so good. And if you if you just eliminate last year, eliminate minor leagues, eliminate the major leagues, he's had great command all throughout the minor leagues yep. prior to last year. And so, I mean, I wonder how much of it was like the pressure to uh, like just be great right away. And we know that not everybody is great right away. And so I do, there is a part of me that while I have not been in on Taj Bradley, I don't know that I, I may have drafted him once. Um, the stuff is so good. And I do wonder if he's this year's Josh Lowe. Like if he's the guy that Same people team are, even. yeah, burying a little bit because uh, he just had a bad debut and that maybe he just absolutely shoves this year. So I'm, I'm very, very interested, especially because, I mean, he threw 140 innings between AAA and MLB, so I could see him hitting 160. 
uh, mm-hmm. in the majors this year. It's a massive amount of strikeouts. Like to me, like why draft Hunter Green when you can touch Bradley later? Like I, I, I think there is some of that. I think vibe, that's fair. Right? It's a way better park. It's a better team, uh, and I think that they're going to give him the opportunity because they don't have the depth not to. And he put up almost as many innings in the majors: one twelve yep. for Green, one hundred five for Bradley. So like Plus you can't even use that in, against him. Uh, well, he put up one hundred four in in the majors, and but thirty seven in the in the minors. So then probably more than Green. Yeah, I th- I, I mean, I, my projection is going to have Bradley with at least thirty to forty more innings than Green. Yeah, well, like maybe I not said, 30, 40, maybe 20, 20 to 30. He's a hang with him for me. I, I, I'm staying with Taj Bradley. Um, I wish it had gone better. I'll know last more year. tomorrow. It didn't. Yeah, you'll know more with your projection. I feel pretty good about where he's at. I pick SP 70 ish doesn't seem too bad. He could be a riser in spring if he pops off, but we've been saying that about a lot of guys and they can all rise, right? Yeah. So some of them will have good springs and they won't be able to rise up a ton. I would be surprised if we saw Taj Bradley become cost prohibitive at any point because even if he does have a big spring everyone's going to be cautious with what the rays do with their pitchers so even if you see like three great starts to close out spring and taj bradley becomes a hot ticket item there's still going to be the well what are the rays going to do though so i would be surprised if he really everybody like they can't i agree that's why i think he could be the volume guy but yeah Every Ray is treated as a baby in fantasy of like, they can't push all of, or they, they won't push yeah. any of them, but you're right. They can't not push any of them, which is a double negative. They got to give somebody some innings they, because they I agree only with you have, too. They only have two guys in AAA on the 40 man. I was going to say the minor league depth isn't yeah. there. Boz isn't going to be ready for at least a month or two. And the other guy is Jacob Lopez, who is kind of a reliever slash starter. So like, and I will say, the depth isn't there as far as we know. They'll probably develop some guys that we're not uh, in, in yeah, tune absolutely. with. So I, w- I do want to point Mason that out. Montgomery's still down there. He's, you know, one of their top prospects, uh, but he's not. Brendan McKay's still on the right side of 30. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, been around yeah. for a long time. There could still be something there. Um, yeah, you mentioned Jacob Lopez. He's on the 40 as well. He could be interesting. So they'll find guys to give some innings to. They'll pick up some waiver guy who will be random and go full Zach Littell on some shit. Yeah, exactly. um, so, you know, they'll find some guys. But I think Bradley could be kind of their innings workhorse with Eflin at the front end there. And I do still believe that Savali could be a 150 guy if he stays healthy. But he needs to prove that he can. Eflin's got to so. stay healthy. Everybody's got to stay healthy. That's true. That's true. Health is a major concern. That's how they get undervalued assets is they take health yeah. gambles and try to get as many innings out of them yeah. as they can. All right. Justin, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll do many more pictures. A little bit of a shorty today, but we didn't want to skip Monday. I had to move my Rotowire spot up because uh, they got a lot of things going on the rest of the week. So good luck in TGFBI. My pick will be coming up soon. Number one, good luck go in Tout to Wars tomorrow. And Tout Wars coming up for everyone tomorrow. Are, are you in Tout Wars tomorrow? I'm I'm in Tout Wars in New York. So oh, yeah, that's right. So, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I will be listening along uh, to somebody's live stream and picture yeah, I'll be hanging out with somebody live stream. I'm in the draft and hold, so we're still rocking right now. Uh, oh, oh, I thought you were the in tomorrow's inning. No, no, that, oh. I'm not in tomorrow's. I'm already drafting right now. Okay. We're in our draft and hold. So, all right, Justin, I will talk to you later. Feel better. We'll talk on Thursday. Take it easy.